host, Cruz Chavez, along here with co-host, Jervis. What's up, everybody? All right. I know we missed last week. <laughs> yeah. I I felt so bad missing last week. I and really did. I'm sorry for missing the week before, you know. Sleep just got a hold of me. Bro. <laughs> that's something you can control. But we were up in the mountains last week, okay? So we had the idea to to record while we were in Wyoming last week, and I so badly wanted to, but I just kept thinking about it, and I was like, there's no way we're going to actually be able to record while while we're up there doing mission work. Yeah, it was. we were very, very busy when we were there, like doing a lot. That was with working, actually doing ministry work, and then going in and having some fun and climbing mountains and dying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so I calculated it. We were about 8,700... Um, feet in elevation or so. Yeah, and in reference, Inola is only 600. Yes. <laughs> so you take one step, and you're already out of breath. Oh, my gosh. Not even kidding. Yeah, so the kids, they, it was just so hard. I've never been that gassed in my life just taking, like, 20 steps. Yes. I was like, is something wrong with me? I don't yes. know what's going on. But it was like walking if it was just on a path that's fine but if i was like walking a little bit on an incline oh i'm dying i was like yes. i gotta take a break let me just sit down let me let me sit on my butt for a second and just act like i'm looking at the view but i'm really trying to catch my breath right here. right <laughs> it just so you guys are, are filled in here all of last week we went on our mission trip and this is every single year we do something either in the states uh in the past uh the porch has gone to africa um, they've gone down to Texas. They've gone everywhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, this last week, we went to Wyoming, Centennial, Wyoming, and uh, that's where we had our mission trip. Shout out to Table in the Wilderness. Yes, you guys are awesome. Food was amazing. amazing. Yes. Um, the view was beautiful. The volunteers were great, too. Volunteers were great. Uh, thank you, Army Man. <laughs> <laughs> we got to see uh, Tyler Gleason a little bit. Yes. It, was, it was awesome. It was really good seeing him, seeing how he's growing over there. Yeah, those people, they welcomed us with open arms. Yeah. It was amazing. It, I felt like I was at home, felt like I should have stayed. <laughs> yeah. But God really took his took a little bit more extra time in Wyoming because it was just, it was so beautiful out there. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It's unexplainable. I know that we showed a couple pictures. Cruz, you did amazing on the slideshow, by the way. I was telling TJ that if we just added a little bit of music behind his sermons, maybe he sounds like he has a little bit of wisdom. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you did great on that video. Appreciate but uh, um, on some of those pictures, like, it just, pictures just do not do justice for the things that we actually got to see with our eyes. Yep, I agree. Like, it was just breathtaking and just the views of it all. Like, we climbed to that tallest mountain, and in the video, uh, I, I took a time lapse of the sunset, but just the way you can, we could see all the way to the to Colorado and see the mountains over there. And then behind us, it was just even a, a taller hill or a mountain. I don't know what you would call it. And then just being able to see three towns at once while yep. on top of there, it was just awing. And I don't know, it's just so hard to explain. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's hard for pictures to capture how majestic uh, the mountains are and the beautiful scenery. And I think God designed it that way. Yes. Because how often do we get caught up in trying to capture the moment rather than just be in the moment? And so when you're when you're doing that, I mean, it's great that we can take photos. It's great that we can create a video mm-hmm. and, and bring it back and show our family, especially the ones that aren't able to go with us. Um, 
but yeah, like I said, it's it's going to be very very hard to uh, to give people here the same experience that we experienced while we were actually in the mountains. Amen. Especially whenever we went snow tubing, going over that little hill and seeing all of that. Yep. Oh my gosh. That was probably my uh, probably one of the coolest scenes I, I, while I was there because you don't expect to see that. You just kind of expect. You're already on a mountain. You don't realize you're on a mountain, and uh, you just climb to the very top. And it's a small mountain, but still, um, you climb to the very top, and then you just see how vast everything is. Amen to that. Everything around you, um, other mountains around you, and the snow is just trickling down, mm-hmm. uh, which the snow up there was it was it's, it's it's like different. Dipping dots. That's what the kids said, dipping yeah. dots. And I could definitely see the resemblance. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. But um, last week... It was all about love. That's what um, Cruz chose for our, uh, what would you call it, our topic for the the week. And uh, we just preached out of 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, it was awesome. Everybody did amazing whenever they spoke. The Holy Spirit really spoke through Vern. Got a hold of Vern. Oh, my goodness, bro. (laughs) Jesus is boss. Jesus is boss. (laughs) No, but it was was amazing. Uh, Just the time in the fellowship. Um, a lot of work. We did a lot of work. Some kids are doing siding. I had the group that was doing skirting. Um, people built a tent. People were moving rocks. We were digging. We were painting, staining. It was crazy. It was like we're running with, we're, we're like chickens with our heads cut off, running yeah. everywhere, but we're putting in work. We definitely did do a lot of work. So I was very proud of our youth. Uh, I couldn't have asked, honestly, for a better group of youth just because it felt like. Our group of guys, our group of girls, they were working just as hard as the people that actually live there. Yes. Which is good to see. That's that's one thing I've always noticed with the porch. Like whenever you take us somewhere, like our our kids will work. And I feel like that's what kind of makes us different. We're not yeah. we're not afraid to do that stuff. Yeah. And I will say, all the ladies that worked with me, you guys killed it. <laughs> Even better than the guys. Cause some of those guys just stood there, nothing against you. But these ladies, they were drilling. They were measuring. They were picking stuff up. I was like, holy moly, just give me this group, and these girls can rock it. It was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so just to kind of get into what we're going to be talking about today. So over the next, um, probably through the next couple months, actually, yeah. we're going to be going through Revelation. Exogenically, right? Dun, Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> All right, Revelation, yes. So we're going to be going verse by verse through all of Revelation. Um, This first week, TJ wanted to kind of wrap up the question series, but then also give it a small, or give a pretty much majority intro to to Revelation. And so he talked about um, two questions. The first question is, who wrote it and when was it written? Yep. Is there, are there anything that you would want to add before we start digging into this? Uh, well, this past sermon, it wasn't really... We opened up our Bible like in grade two verses, and I was out of, it was out of John uh, 19, verses 26 through 27. And it says, uh, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to, to, said to the disciple, "Behold your mother, uh, and f- behold your mother." And from that and from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Um, and that was just referencing toward John, dun, 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 who wrote Revelation. 
And it was just, it was portraying that John was maybe his most trusted disciple um, and his closest. Uh, and that's what we really went over. Uh, just we're getting into the meat of it. And I was kind of nerding out because I love learning about this stuff. Like, yeah. I, I want to learn the history of the books. I want to learn when they were written, what was going on during the time of it. And TJ encompassed all that. And um, that's what he did during that sermon. So we're just really just getting the backstory of everything. Yep. Um, just kind of laying out the foundations of it. And then next week, we're going to get into, I think he just said Revelation 1. Um, verses one through, he says, hopefully we can get through verse one or something like that. Yeah. I may be wrong to chapter one, but, uh, that's what we're basically going to be doing. And that's what the sermon was. But we learned that John was the person who wrote it. John was one of Jesus's disciples. Um, he was a fisherman and he was the youngest of, out of all of them and yep. the most trusted, which is, all, which is kind of crazy to me because as, uh, in our world today, we believe that, um, like in, I don't want to call people old, what is it? In aging, um, there's more wisdom, more, more trust in that maybe. But out of all of the disciples, John was who Jesus entrusted his mother with, which yeah. is crazy. And I thought it was uh, amazing because um, we work with the youth and we could see what the, especially through this past week, we could see what they're capable of. Right. What, what a whole week of with uh, God is and being in God's word and just getting together and getting something done. Right, and that's what we witnessed this entire week, and hopefully, what we're going to witness next week. <laughs> I know, yeah, no, I agree. Um, all that, everything that he talked about, it was just a backstory of who John was. Uh, John, most likely, he came from a wealthier family, and it was all generational thing um, or things because back in that time, if you were a fisherman or if you were any sort of um, craftsmen, or you had some sort of family business, more than likely you came from wealth. Mm -hmm. And so it was things that were passed on. So um, John's dad would have would have received wealth from his dad, yeah. and then that would have kept going. And so um, there's a small uh, picture or description of, of a scene when Jesus calls on the name of John, yep. and it's calling him from... John's boat, and more than likely, this would have been a pretty big size boat. Mm -hmm. It was a boat that had to pull in fish, yes, uh, a boat like a commercial size boat. And of course, things were different back then versus now, yeah, most definitely, <laughs> yeah. But more, more than likely, it was a decent sized boat, yeah, and it had to be expensive, too. and it had to be expensive. And so, we know that John came from wealth because his dad had a, uh, a pretty good size business, a pretty uh, decent uh, running business. Yep. And so that's just one of the focal points that, that TJ wanted, wanted us to know because it was even more special when John left everything. Mm -hmm. And I believe him and his brother, he called on James and John. Yeah. And they left everything to chase Jesus. Yes. And so those are very, very important details because it shows their heart. Yes, exactly. Because those were, I mean, those boats weren't cheap. No. I mean, they had, they were used for work, but they also had a good boat, had to have a good boat that was able to pull, um, that they can rely on, yep. um, and that they would know nothing bad would happen to it. And John, who was entrusted with all that, and who's most likely his family were generational fishermen, yeah. um, drops it all and drops follows it Jesus all. whenever Jesus calls on him. We know he's 
the youngest. He might. I don't know if he was the youngest of his of his siblings. Yeah. Um, but we know that he's one of the sons, and so typically the son would inherit um, wealth. Yes. And so he dropped literally all his wealth. He said, "Wealth is nothing to me." Exactly. Versus who who Jesus Christ is. Amen. He's just following some guy who said he was a Messiah. Yeah. yeah right. That's what yeah. he was. I. That takes a lot of trust. Yeah. Right. That that takes a lot, especially. I bet he was comfortable, right? Being a fisherman, being—I I guarantee he was making good money. I'm not sure. I don't—I don't know John personally. Hopefully, I can ask him whenever I make it up to heaven. <laughs> but it was. What'd your 401k look like? Now? Yeah. What was it? What was it like back then? Did you uh, do a match on your company business? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out FPU. Um, but yeah, it was just he was comfortable. But then he drops everything. And follows Jesus, and that's I. That we can take something away from that, right? I mean, whenever Jesus calls us to do something, I believe that we are to go, no matter what it's like. Whether Jesus calls you to go serve down the street, um, go serve in this ministry, or to go across the world and mm-hmm. go share the gospel in a place mm-hmm. that is most likely dangerous, mm-hmm. but as Christians, we're called to be obedient towards the Lord. And um, I feel like that's an aspect that we have to take and put on our hearts and keep it on our hearts because it can get it can get hard, right? Whenever Jesus calls for us, whenever we hear that calling, sometimes we're like, "I'm too comfortable," right? And we'll get into that later on in uh, TJ's sermon. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's talking about, it's not about me, right? Mm-hmm. It's not everything's not about me, but we are to follow what Jesus calls us to do. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I think there's also a lot of um, obedience, not in just following him, but being immediately obedient. Because even going back to Cain and Abel, you saw the difference between being obedient right away Mm -hmm. and then being obedient over time. Yes. Because Abel, he brought the first fruits, or he brought his, I think, was... I think Abel was he had sheep, so he had um, flocks. Yeah, and he brought the first uh, the first fruits of his flock, mm-hmm. the best, the best. As soon as that that calf or that sheep or that goat or whatever it was that he was he was in charge of, yeah. he brought that to God. As soon as it was born, as soon as it was ready, he brought it to God. Yeah, and Cain he did the complete opposite. Just took he, some scraps. <laughs> yeah, he just took some scraps, he, it, and it it's disrespectful because you're talking about the Almighty God. Amen. You're talking about the God who deserves the best of the best. Amen. And that. he doesn't deserve the scraps. He doesn't deserve um, what, what, um, the best of the best over time. He wants the best of the best right then. Amen to that. And so Cain didn't do that. It said over the course of time, he brought his portion. Mm-hmm. And that is where he messed up. Exactly. And so it's the same. It's the same way. It's being immediately obedient because we are. We our whole lives should be a sacrifice to God. Yes, Amen. And that is true, especially because Jesus calls us to pick up His cross daily, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a sacrifice. That's yes, a huge sacrifice. Because some of us we want to we want to live in our own bubble. We want to do our own thing, but we see what that offers and we see what that brings, and it's it's death. I mean, the world will pass away, but Jesus won't. Heaven won't. Amen. None of that will. Um, 
But talking whenever you're talking about uh, uh, God and everything, I just want to go back to Wyoming a little bit. Go ahead. But it was just sorry. It was just just seeing all the beauty and seeing what God has really done. It's crazy to think that He knows us by name, right? Being whenever we went and go, went to go look at the stars and we saw all the constellations. I don't know all of them. I know the Big Dipper and Little Dipper, but being <laughs> able to see such beauty. And yeah. being able to stand on top of that mountain and see all those things, see the see the mountains and how everything um, was just moving. It's not just one straight line. It's not flat like Oklahoma, but it's hills. It's rolling yeah. hills and it's mountains that reached that seemed like a mile high. And this is the Lord that says, "I knew you before you were born, and I made you fearfully yeah. and wonderfully." And it's just it it just it it, it awes me, and it it gets. It, it's emotional. I don't know. It's just, dude. I almost cried up there. I almost cried multiple times. There was man. well, there was a time that we were talking. It, it was during worship. Um, worship team, worship team had had just finished up their second song, and um, I can't remember the the name of the song, but it was something like um, "Nothing Compares." Uh huh. Nothing compares to you. And I just thought in my head, I was like, that's it. That's the verse I want to start with. Or that's the, those are the words I want to start with. Mm. And so as soon as I got up on stage, I said those words. I said, look at everything around you, all this beauty, all the things that God created, and still nothing compares to the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Dude, I almost teared up. I was <laughs> I trying to be bawling. I don't know I how you got that out. I was trying to hold back, man. I really was. <laughs> Oh, it was amazing. Ah, if you guys get a chance to go to Wyoming, if we do a family mission trip again, or if we, if you have a child who who wants to join the youth and we do go back, I don't know what our plans are, whatever the Lord, whatever is, whatever the Lord wants us to do. But if you get a chance to go to Wyoming, I would definitely go. Even if you're from a different state. Yes. My brother lives in Texas. Yeah, tenders. He, 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 <laughs> he came all the way up from Texas, and he joined us for Wyoming. Yes, so, which super is Super excited awesome. for that. Tenders, if you're listening to this, man, I hope you're doing good. I hope <laughs> you're doing good, tenders. But um, back to John and everything. Uh, so we know that John was a fisherman. He was the youngest. Um, he was also the last of the disciples to die. Yes. Which is pretty interesting, because yeah. supposedly he was boiled. Like they try to kill him as they try to kill him, try to do all these things to him, boil him alive, but they just could not do it. So yeah. they literally just threw him on an island and said, go die here. We can't yeah. do anything else with you. Uh, yeah. So one of the, um, the next point that TJ was trying to make was the fact that John wrote, um, John was the one who wrote Revelation. Yep. Um, not only did he write Revelation, but he was Jesus's most likely closest friend, yeah. closest disciple. There were so many times when you saw um, Jesus bring John with him wherever he went, yeah. or he entrusted John, like you were saying earlier, with his mom. I think that was John nineteen twenty six through 27, yeah. when Jesus was on the cross. And he looks down and he says, take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. And, and, John, and John says, like, without a doubt, yeah. you know, with, with all pleasure. And it's just a, for me, it's that, that moment of this is real. And he's trusting me with one of his most prized possessions. Yes. And, and that's his mom, mm-hmm. which is also honestly 
that's powerful Amen. to think that Jesus thought of his mom while he was on the cross like that and said, and said, take care of her. Yes. Someone needs to take care of her. And I trust you. And Jesus had other brothers. Oh yeah. He had other, he had, he had like, I don't even know how many other siblings. I think TJ said six. I may be wrong there. Don't kill me. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. like that. So he had other siblings. He had daughter or he had other sisters, but he also had brothers. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing to remember yeah. because usually when when there are sons or there are uh, males in the picture, it's usually a sign of authority. It's usually a sign of, okay, this is where the inheritance is going to go. Yeah. This is where um, authority lies, and there's no question about it. Yeah. And so Jesus look, doesn't, even, doesn't even acknowledge his brothers mm-hmm. because at this point, his brothers don't even believe him. Yes. His brothers don't even believe that he is the Messiah, the mm-hmm. Son of God. Yeah. After seeing all of the things that he had done, all the signs, all the miracles he performed, and he's dying on this cross, and I don't know if they're there or not, but he doesn't even acknowledge them. Yeah. He just looks directly to John and says, I trust you. Yes. Take care of my mom. Exactly. Because how TJ put it, they just didn't get it. Right. I, whenever Jesus was preaching and stuff, they literally tried to um, take him. They they thought he was crazy. They said we got to take him back home. He's sick. Yeah. Um. But Jesus wouldn't go with them, of course. And it was just his brothers did not get it, and they did not believe that he was the Messiah. But John did. Yeah. Right. John trusted in Jesus, and he believed Jesus was Lord. And I believe that's why he trusted um, his mother Mary with John. Um, like whenever you're saying that Jesus would take him uh, to multiple places, he was one of the people who were there with him at the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah. Whenever he opened up the heavens and they saw Elijah and Moses. Yeah. Right? Elijah yeah. and Moses? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whenever they're there and Nero's like, wait, should I build something here? He's like, Let's just stay right here or something yeah. like that. And he was there with them. And I, he, I forgot. It was him. Was it Peter as well? It was Peter, I'm pretty sure. It was John, Peter, and... Was it? Oh, third, man. third one's iffy. It was one of the disciples, that's all we yeah. know. But that's that takes that's a lot of trust. And he's like, following Jesus. Like, Jesus says, just come and follow me up to this mountain. And imagine seeing that. And what's crazy to me is that they immediately recognized him, right? These people died a long time ago, and they immediately recognized Moses and Elijah. And it was just... I can't imagine standing on top of this mountain and be like, oh my gosh, Jesus is opening up the heavens right now, and we're, we're seeing our prophets, our, our, the founding fathers, or, or uh, the founding people of our belief, um, of the Jewish belief, and it's just, I, I guarantee that had to be awing too. Like, oh my gosh, let's, let's make a, um, what was it called? You put stones up. I'd, an altar? An altar, yeah. That, is that what it was, that they were wanting to build an altar? Or well, they were wanting to build a tent. And yeah, it says okay. here in the Transfiguration, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was uh, transfigured. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone upon the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good that we are here? If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And so immediately, then that was the that was one of the things that, that TJ wanted to focus on too, because 
it was he trusted these three guys mm-hmm. to come and see this. And that's why Peter said, Jesus, is it good that we're here to yeah. see this, right? Is, it's this, like, is this a bad time? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Like, can we at least, can we at least make tents for you? Like, come on, like, yeah. let, me, let me do this for you. Exactly. And I think that, that was the picture that TJ was trying to paint for us. Yes. Because it was like Jesus trusting these three guys, these three boys, and, and him looking to them and saying, hey, boys, watch this. And it's almost like he snaps his fingers and looks up into the sky and mm-hmm. sees Elijah and, Mo- and Moses descending. Are they like the clouds part? Yes. And it's like just this magical moment. And I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, uh, well, for one, Elijah and Moses, those are those are very, very powerful names behind them. Whenever you hear of Moses, it, yes. you don't take that lightly. No. You don't take the name of Elijah lightly. It, those are important people. Mm-hmm. And so for them to see them actually see their face, it had to be a special, special moment. Yes. Amen to that. And so it was like, what what can we do? You know, what do you need? I'll <laughs> exactly. build a tent for you. I'll build three tents for you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it just that trust. Can you imagine just being trusted that much by Jesus? Yeah. Being able, uh, he takes you up on a mountain and shows you the heavens. Um, it shows you uh, great prophets and then he trusts you enough to take care of his mother, yeah. right? Um, and I believe that it kind of goes on to this next uh, thing of not making everything about you, not being selfish about it, because it's all about Jesus, Yes, right? He followed Jesus loyally, yes. and he gave everything to Jesus. Enough, he gave so much to Jesus that Jesus trusted in him um, and everything, right? And I loved how TJ um, brought it up. He's kind of, uh, whenever he was put on an island, I, I know we're getting ahead, um, but they couldn't kill John, and they, so they just threw him on an island. And uh, Jesus appears to him, or an, or an angel, and he tells him, write this stuff down, nothing else. And TJ brought it up, like most people, I feel like a lot of us would have been like, wait, 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 wait one second. <laughs> I've been near death, I've been boiled alive, I watched all my friends die, and you're just going to come and tell me to write this down. Yeah. Right? Yes. But how t- how it was put was he was a bond servant. And in God's eyes, I believe that we should be all seen as bond servants. Yeah. Right? Because we're here to serve the Lord. And we, we're we here to do whatever he asks or whatever he needs us to do. Because it's not about us. Right? There's greater things. Right? There's greater things that we don't understand. And there's greater things that has to be done. But... He must increase and we must decrease. Yep. That's what scripture says. Yes. It's all about Jesus. Whatever needs to be done, whatever his will is, whatever he commands us to do, yeah. we're supposed to follow that faithfully. I think that's that is uh that was a powerful moment for him to for TJ to talk about because those are those are super important things. Whenever someone hurts your feeling, of course you want someone as people, we want someone to say, how are you doing? Yeah. Are you okay? Like, let me, can I get you something? What, what, what do you need? And John, he didn't see that. He was like 90 something years old. Yeah. He'd been beaten. He'd been spit on. He had been boiled alive and was still alive. And, mm-hmm. and he, then he was sentenced to the Island of Patmos yeah. to be amongst other criminals he was, like I said, most likely this 90-year-old man. He could have easily been murdered yes. on this island. He Easy. could have easily been taken advantage of. And God protected him all this time mm-hmm. for this very moment, for the book of Revelation. Yeah. 
So not only did Jesus entrust John, God trusted John mm-hmm. because Jesus tr- trusted John. So there was a, a mutual relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those same conversations. I remember having this conversation with TJ one day. And I just said, like, you don't even know me when I first got hired on. I said, you don't even know me. How were you so quick to jump on uh, to jump on and say, Cruz, we need you. Like, we want you to be our, our youth leader. And it was, he told me, because as a shepherd that leads its flock, he's going to trust the shepherd, whatever the shepherd says. Mm-hmm. And so just for, just for a small, like, reference here, because I'm not, I'm not comparing Cody Coster to <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Cody Coster. Yeah, but Cody trusted me. Yep. Cody knew me. And so TJ trusted Cody, and so there was just this mutual relationship. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Jesus and God. Amen. To Jesus that. trusted Jan- John. God trusted John. Easy. Yeah. Right? Who do you think can get this done? Who do you think is the guy, the go-to guy? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, John. Exactly. John is the go-to guy, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And so God trusts him. Exactly. And so I just think that's a, that's a very powerful, powerful oh, it thing. It definitely is. And I, one thing that's crazy to me, is that even through his hardships, even through his hard times, Jesus was not done with him, right? He's been through all those hard things, and at his old age, maybe at the end of his life, his lifetime, Jesus had one more thing for him to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's to write the book of Revelation. Right. And the last book that, that's been prophesied and has not been done out of all of them. And it's just, it's, it's crazy to me because we're able to see that even through hard times, and even if we progress through old age, we some of us may believe that, okay, I've done all my work here, I've done everything. But at 90 years old, John, Jesus was not done with him. Jesus appeared to him and said, I need you to write this book. Mm-hmm. And this was, was for the church. And this is going on to now when the book was written. It was written in 96 AD, and this was happening... Uh, the book of Revelation was written whenever the church was being persecuted, mm-hmm. whenever it was the hardest. And this wasn't some uh, over in social media, somebody tells you that your God's not real. This was, if you talk about God, you're going to be killed. And if you don't disown your God and you don't say, um, and we're going to reference over to um, Caesar Augustus, if you don't worship him, then, and you worship the God, the God of uh, Christianity or whatever, then you're going to be killed. Yeah. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Go to church, you're done. And it was just... <sighs> yeah, it's the church. <laughs> that's what the church went through. It's And we don't see that a lot. We don't see that physical stuff. There but. was definitely a lot of persecution, um, more than we experience now, way more than we experience, in, at least in our country. Yeah. And at least in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um. There are just there are things that, of course, we were talking about this before we started the podcast. The things that we can see, the things versus the things that we can't see. So the physical things, and then then there's a spiritual side. Yeah. Um, there's definitely stuff going on around us, and we can't see it. Yeah. But I think oftentimes we choose not to see it. Mm-hmm. What you think is you're struggling with something on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. There's actually something that's got a hold on you. And you don't even realize that. Amen. And it's being it's being able to be in tune with with the spirit because it's the spirit that leads us and guides us every single day. Amen. If we're not in tune with the spirit, then how are we to fight these battles? How are we to put on 
the armor, the the armor of Christ. Amen. And and so it's just being able to recognize, okay, this is something that's that's a physical battle versus something that that okay, this is a spiritual battle. This is something only God can do. Amen. Um, I think you kind of jumped into, uh, so you jumped into persecution. Yes. Okay. Um, it was before, like before we before TJ talked about the persecution portion, he did focus a lot on everything that John experienced. I mean, we talked about how he was boiled alive. We talked about how when Jesus came to him. He didn't, or came to him to write the book of Revelation. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't straightforward ask, "How are you doing, John? How is your day going? How are your boils? How are your, how is your like your your scars or whatever?" Mm-hmm. It was, "Hey, write this down," and John immediately, like without hesitation, started writing. Yes. Give me something to write. This is important. Yes. And. And so you saw the persecution that he experienced, but but to the point where none of that even mattered. Mm-hmm. It was you're going to persecute me, okay? Well, I'm going to keep going. Amen. You're going to oh okay, you're going to threaten my life, okay? Well, if I live, I'm still going to preach the preach the gospel. Amen. And so you saw that, and so TJ was kind of writing down some things. Um, the book apparently he was saying the book of Revelation, and if I have this correct. The book of Revelation was written in 96 A.D. Yep. So Nero ruled in in 65 A.D. Yep. Jerusalem was taken in 70 A.D. and the temple was rebuilt um, sometime, sometime afterward. And then in 92 A.D. Caesar Augusta ruled and and basically said you had to worship me as God, as God with a little G, of course. Yes. But he saw himself as this powerful this mighty human who whose honestly kingdom he thought would reign forever yeah and that's what was going on up and uh, up until um, until the book was written like you had all these kings and all these kingdoms that saw their kingdom as most powerful yes and so you saw persecution in the church when Nero ruled or when when, when Jerusalem was taken over and the temple was destroyed mm-hmm. and, and then in 96 AD when Caesar Augusta ruled, so there was a lot of persecution um, leading up to this point, at least on the church. Yes. And so kind of he, TJ wanted us to focus on uh, that it's probably at some point, because Revelation talks about persecution. Mm-hmm. It talks about how you're going to take on the mark of the beast, and if you do, then you're not one of, you're not a child of God. Yeah. And so at some point, there's going to be persecution like that again. Yes. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We don't know exactly who it's going to be, what time, what time period, uh, what the world's going to look like. But we know it's going to happen Yeah. one time, one, yes. one more time. Exactly. Um, I kind of like to just focus on like the persecute, uh, persecution of it all. And it's, um, if you guys, most definitely just pray for the Christians who are being persecuted today, who are really... Dying for the God that we follow and that we know. I need, I could think of in the Middle East, um, in China, where there's secret churches and everything. Um, just here recently, uh, we know um, about the whole Taliban and all that stuff. Uh, just pray for them. Pray for Afghanistan or any, any place. Mm-hmm. 
where our brothers and sisters are being persecuted because they're going through something that we have never faced. Mm. And that is a physical persecution where if they were to proclaim the name of Jesus, they're dying for it. And, um, and it's just amazing that, uh, that they're dying for it. Right. And that's what people back then did, uh, at the early church. Uh, they could have easily, uh, I've heard of something that people will not die for something that they do not believe, uh, happened. Right, they they will they will die for something that they believe is true, and if so many people died for the name of Jesus, then that there has to be some truth to it. Yeah, um, you can call us crazy all you want, but the thing that amazes me is that during this persecution, they could have so easily, if they believed that Jesus didn't uh, ascend into heaven, they could have easily just drug drug his body out into the streets and said, "This is the God you guys are saying ascended into heaven." But did that ever happen? Yeah. No. No. They could have easily done that, but they couldn't. And this is when the church was exploding, right? This is whenever um, believers were coming out. And um, a little fun fact for you guys, uh, about 51%, uh, in 351 AD, 51% uh, of Romans became Christians because of this, right? And it's just, it's not some coincidence and it's not some make-believe thing. Um, there's historical evidence for uh, Jesus. Uh, his body has still not yet been found. Uh, people are still trying to find it. Uh, so there's just so much, so much for what we believe in. And I encourage you guys to do research like we did. Um, I enjoy doing this research, but I, I love looking up what I believe in and why I believe in it. Yeah. Right? Because, I don't know, I'm, I, I kind of like history, like this kind of history, like, uh, I don't want to learn about the dinosaurs and stuff like that. But um, this stuff, it's its interesting, and it's what you believe in. This is what you're putting your life into, Yeah. right? This is where, what you, where you get your morals. This is where um, we're able to read the Word of God, and this is what you put your faith into, what you put your everything to. Um, so if you'd like to, do research about it. But it's just the persecuted, pray for them, um, and, of course... We don't go through what they go through um, on a daily basis about we don't have to secretly go to church. We don't have to. Um, we did that. Uh, what was it called? I think it was called Secret Church uh, with David Platt, where yeah. we um, st- we got together, got st- stayed up until like one in the morning. Yep. And um, you just kind of went over what they have to go through and they have to. Um, stay up really late at night and they have to go into go into a house um, like one at a time, like not all at once to not, to not signify a meeting. And then what they do is that they have one single Bible and they hide it in a cave, like far away. Um, and they, somebody goes and grabs that Bible, which would be a treacherous journey, especially having to go through crowds and stuff like that. Um, have to go grab that Bible, bring it back. What they would do is stay up and read the Bible all night. Mm-hmm. Stay up, worship, read God's word, and at the end of the night, somebody would have to go back to that cave and leave the Bible there. Yeah, and all we have to do is just grab our Bibles in the morning and go to church. Yeah, we can have it sitting right by us, right? We can, I, you, we could take our Bible wherever we want to. We can we leave have the it. pleasure. Yes, we have the. We definitely are are blessed beyond all measure to be able to to pick up our Bible, to have our Bibles laying around the house. Yes. Uh, to leave our Bibles in the car, mm-hmm. to leave them in, in a school room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no persecution for that. Yes. Um, 
and sometimes there there might be persecution things that we don't always see, um, but compared to like you're talking about having to walk one by one into a room, yeah. having one person go out and find this Bible and then bring it back and then spend the next six hours or so worshiping and reading the Word of God. Yes, I mean that that brings to life every single word that is written down. Amen. Because that moment is so precious. And I think that's one thing that Americans, or not even really Americans, but people who have the um, who have the ability to read the Scripture anytime they want, they take that for granted. Yeah. And they don't realize how powerful it is to actually be able to do that. Yeah. And how much of a blessing that is mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean... I I've, I do it too. I, I I feel like I take this book for granted too. I mean, it's not trying to call anybody out, but it's 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 us too. I yeah. mean, it's everybody. It's everybody. I agree. Um, and we all do that, and we forget how we the ability and how we got this book to us today. There was a lot of persecution whenever these people were writing, whenever the scribes were writing down the Bible, or writing down the manuscripts and the transcripts of it all. Um, they were dying for it. But through God's will, we have a Bible. We have our Bible sitting right in front of us today, yeah. openly. Like we don't, we're not afraid of somebody barging in. No, like put your Bibles up, give me your Bibles and yeah. stuff like that. Um, it's just having so have that in the back of your minds as we go through Revelation, and to remember that this book was written whenever the church was being heavily persecuted. Yes, as we walk through this and as we go through this journey together, yep. and to remember that because. This book that we have, this is the book of life, mm. and that's what it is. It tells us about our Messiah, and it gives us the teachings of him. Um, so it's good to remember that. Um, but I'd like to kind of move on to John again about how uh, it's it's not all about me, that whole part. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just TJ brought it up. We're kind of going back to it, but it's not about us. It's not all about us. And then being written in the Lamb's book of life. Like, that's really, really important. But we, we tend to look at Scripture and um, teachings and everything from a selfish standpoint, right? We kind of think like, oh, this was written just for me. This was written exactly to me. But we have to look at the context of it and look at what is going on, right? Because mm-hmm. some things, some things maybe may not apply to you, but whenever we see that it is not about us, and we take that selfish feeling out of it, of it's all about me, like, I need this, um, God, I did this, I deserve this, or uh, I'm doing this stuff right, I need to be able to do this, then you're missing the gospel yeah. and what Jesus is teaching. Because it's not about you, right? Our lives should be cross-centered, right? He's supposed to, once again, he increases and I decrease. Yeah. It's supposed to be all about Jesus, and it's supposed to be surrounded all about Him, and that's what our lives are supposed to be like in that sense. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. And that was um, another powerful thing uh, to think about because Scripture was written not to apply only to a specific time period. Yeah. Like, it, it, it doesn't... God's Word is living and breathing, Amen. Through all generations. Mm-hmm. It's applicable to all generations. So we, we can't say that God wrote the scripture for our generation. Yeah. Like we read a we read a piece of scripture and say, Oh my goodness, yeah. 
Now I know why my Ford Raptor broke down. You know what I mean? <laughs> now I know why my phone fell into the tub. Like it's because I'm getting persecuted. Yeah. Right? No. Like it he didn't write it for this generation only. Yeah. He wrote it for all generations to come. Yeah. And that's that's something that we have to humble ourselves and realize that God wrote it for everybody. Yes. For everyone who was and is and is to come. Amen. That's why he is the God who was and is and is to come. Yes. Because of the people that will serve him um, back then, now, and in the future. Yes. And so it's just, uh, again, it's just a moment to humble ourselves and realize that this is not just about me. Yeah. And it's all about, and what TJ really preferenced at the end was being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. The importance of that, right? And it kind of... He, he, how he was explaining Revelation is that some of us may feel like we're called out, right? Some of us may feel like, oh man, I feel, I feel condemned in a way. We could either take it two ways, either I learned a lot and I was good or I feel condemned. Mm-hmm. And TJ believes that as we go through Revelation, we will see, maybe I need to start sharing the gospel more. Yeah. Maybe I need to start sharing God's word and how important it is to be written in a Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah, and that's, it's very important. That's yeah. what that's what's going to get you in heaven. Is that? Um, and it's not saying Jesus is the only person that gets you to heaven, believing that He is that He rose in the cross and died for us. But um, it's going to spur you. It's going to spur you a little bit to want to share the gospel and want to save people because mm-hmm. that's what's important, right? Jesus tells us to go make disciples of all nations, and what God's will is for us is to not go to hell. Yeah, and that's what He doesn't want us to do, and He doesn't He doesn't want pain upon us. But um, once again, He loves us so much that He's willing to give us up to our own wants and our own needs. So I feel like that just that was kind of His ending, and that's what. Um, he preferenced with all that. Uh, I think so. Um, I don't have anything else to talk about. I'm, I'm good, I uh, think. Next week, we're going to dig in deeper to actual Scripture. I'm excited. And I'm excited I think he's going to start pulling verses from other other Scripture. Um, you can follow along with us at The Porch um, in Inola. I would search up The Porch, Inola, Oklahoma, because I know there are other churches out there that are called The Porch. Um, but if you search that, you can follow along with the messages um, so the message that recently applied was this past Sunday. Yeah. So we're going to always be a week ahead of TJ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you can follow along there. You can also keep up with us if you want to, if you want to read the same scripture that we're reading, Revelation, Revelation one, one through five, I believe is what he's going to try to go over. Yeah. Um, he gave us some homework, uh, to read Matthew 24 and 25. Yep. So if you want to read that in between now and the next time we we talk, um, I think that's going to help you keep up as well. Um, again, I was really scared to be in Revelation by myself when I was in high school. And then whenever I started reading Revelation, some someone helped me, help, someone walked me through it, and it was super helpful. So if you think you're in that same boat, now is your opportunity to walk through Revelation with a group of people who are doing this together. Amen. So you're not alone. Um, Again, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us. Um, Our phone numbers, our emails are posted online. Um, You can always comment in the Spotify uh, uh, Q&A or questions or whatever. And uh, 
That's all I got. Yeah. You can also leave a review on Apple Music, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Apple like, Podcast. Like, follow, and share. Yeah, hit okay. that subscribe button. Hit the, Ring those bells. Yeah. <laughs> all um, right. That's it. You guys have a good day. God bless. God bless.